from the newsroom of South Coast Today. This is ST Speaks, a podcast diving deeper into the news of the day and covering hot button issues that matter to you. You're listening to ST Speaks. Welcome back, folks, to the Courtside with Kurt podcast. We've gotten a nice little groove with these here, Kurt. This is, I think, our third one in a week. I think so, yes, yeah. We're enjoying these so much, we're actually both off. It's a Sunday. We're both off today, and we came into the office to record a podcast. We uh, did. Because we got that momentum going. You don't want to lose it, and I think our uh, listeners appreciate it. Uh, um, I hope so. just so the readers will know, uh, when we're recording this, it's Sunday. The Red Sox and the Patriots are both playing tonight. Uh, Red Sox are playing uh, game two of the league championship series. Did I get hopefully, that? Hopefully game two goes a little better than game one yeah, for them. Yeah. Yes. And the Patriots are playing tonight against, uh, isn't it Kansas City? Yes, Kansas, big game against the Chiefs, uh, undefeated, game. one of the last few undefeated teams. So, yeah, I was in the middle of painting a deck, and I'm like, what, what better to do than come in and uh, talk some court cases with Kurt? Yes, and with my colleague Brendan uh, Curie, who really knows how to operate that board and adds uh, a different perspective, too. And that, so we're going to go a little uh, off the reservation here. Yeah. We're going to do this a little bit differently, uh, kind of do a little bit of role play here. Um, mm-hmm. I know when we first started this podcast, I think we were very serious about a lot of stuff. So yes. we've been kind of trying to, trying to find our groove here and you know, kind of find out exactly mm-hmm. what this podcast is. And you know, we're finding that when, when we inject a little bit of our own common you know, thinking mm-hmm. and common sense into it, that uh, we, we end up with a little better uh, product in the end. I think we add some uh, spice. I think that... Uh, in the past, we have tried to be uh, pretty vanilla and pretty respectful to both the courts and to police, while at the same time pointing out the real live issues. And we certainly still respect everyone well, here, sure and do. you know we don't, uh, you know, we don't want to turn this into a circus or anything. No. But we just thought we'd do a, maybe a little more role play here and kind of take two different sides of a case that's, that's right. been in the news recently. So today we're going to talk about the case of Serana M. Raposa. She's a 30-year-old New Bedford woman. Uh, you guys may remember this case. I believe we podcasted about it once before, but if not, Kurt's written a couple mm-hmm. stories about her. So back on August 27th, a police officer was called to her house on the report of a child not breathing. It was a 21-month-old mm-hmm. child. And at first, she told the police that the child had choked on a piece of plastic. But later, they learned the child had swallowed part of a plastic bag of heroin that uh, was fentanyl-laced. So she was arrested for uh, endangerment uh, after uh, reckless endangerment, and now she had a first bail hearing or dangerousness hearing, mm-hmm. and she was found to be he- danger dangerous and was held without bail by uh, Judge Edward F. X. Lynch. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was back in September, uh, yes, or maybe late August, but yeah, about a month ago. And so she then appealed. Mm-hmm. That decision, and she had a new hearing in front of Judge Thomas F. McGuire Jr. That is correct. Now, let's keep in mind that uh, Judge uh, Lynch uh, is a former prosecutor. Uh, Judge McGuire is a former defense attorney. Uh, Tom McGuire used to be corporation counsel for the city of Fall River on the, under former mayor uh, Ed Lambert. So, Judges bring bring different perspectives uh, to the bench uh, <clears throat> with themselves. 
So, uh, so we should can... also point out here that uh, neither Brendan nor I are, are lawyers. Uh, we are laymen. Far, just far like... from it in many cases. <laughs> <laughs> far from it. We are just like you. And uh, these opinions that we may express, uh, we're going to try to stick, uh, have a link to the facts, uh, are not our own opinions. Uh and they are not the opinion of the Standard Times, South Coast Media Group, or uh, Gatehouse, our uh, larger employer. And, but we're doing this to try to prevent, uh, pre- present to you, the listener, uh, more of an understanding of the facts and more of an understanding of the law. And the decisions that go behind these and the rationale and the That's thinking correct. that I think sometimes gets lost in the social media world where everyone's a keyboard warrior and yeah, typing out, well, right. the judge should do this. And That's like, right. I'm not sure everyone always fully grasps the big picture of everything and the nuances of each individual case. You're, you're absolutely right. All right. So, so before we even say what the judge decided in the second <laughs> dangerousness hearing, here's how we're going to kind of play this. Kurt is going to be... We're kind of role-playing the prosecution here. I will. He's, uh, he wants uh, Miss Raposa to stay uh, in prison or in That's jail right. until uh, her next hearing. Uh, I will play her defense, uh, which is looking to get her released, um, preferably on personal recognizance, but if not, on a, on a lower bail amount, a low bail amount. Um, now, we're going here and here with two uh, presuppositions here. Uh, the first is that the child is okay, and we all, we all hope that, we all believe that, and uh, we, d- we just want to start from that baseline. And then secondly, that she will not have primary supervision of her child if released. Correct. Uh, as we've last reported, the, uh, all the children have been taken from her and they are in DCF uh, custody. As we've last reported, we've heard nothing to the contrary that the uh, child uh, who was affected uh, was improving and uh, is we believe is uh, we've contacted the hospital. The hospital said that he was discharged. So we are all, uh, and the charges have not been updated any further. So it, uh, we are working on the under the belief that uh, the child is has has now improved. And we don't want. I just don't want anyone because I'm going to be arguing on the defense here. No one here is trying to argue that she should be out and having primary supervision of her child or solo supervision of her child. So we're kind of starting from that baseline and moving forward from there. So, prosecution. Why should Miss Raposa be held? Why is she a danger to society? And why is it only possible to uh, protect society and the community by holding her? Well, I'm going to go back to the argument that Chris Abreu made, the prosecutor in in New Bedford District Court uh, before Judge Lynch at the first uh, dangerousness hearing. And he said that, um, in essence, that if you don't protect, if you're a danger to your children, which is she obviously was uh, based on the facts, uh, then ergo you're also a danger to the, the larger society. Um, his comment in, uh, in court was essentially the child overdosed and was dying. Those precious seconds could have killed the child. Uh, what he was saying and by those precious seconds could have killed the child is that she was not immediately forthcoming to uh, police, uh, 
There was a New Bedford police officer who was working a uh, detail, uh, and he was called to the house because the child was not breathing. Um, The uh, Serana reposer told first responders, and that included paramedics, firefighters, and police, that her son choked on a, quote, piece of plastic. She didn't say anything about uh, heroin, didn't say anything about narcotics. And she didn't know that uh, the heroin was laced with fentanyl. That was discovered sometime later during an examination of the drugs. So it wasn't until later that the uh, police and other first responders learned that the drugs were involved. The police uh, went back to her and she she said that uh, he swallowed a a piece of plastic. Uh, The police asked if the plastic was uh, tied up like a narcotic. She answered yes. And for sure most people know that's the way the uh, packaging the drugs are packaged there is a it's a little plastic tie not a tie but the plastic baggie is tied at the top um it's often like the corner of a baggie that is correct like a lunch or sandwich baggie that's right and uh and then she finally told them that she pulled this plastic bag out of the child's mouth. Um, the thing about small children, and this child uh, at the time was 21 months old, is that they require constant supervision. That everything they see on the floor, everything they see on the table, they immediately put in her mouth. So, my point, uh, and I'm arguing the prosecution's point of view, is that if she is a danger to her family, she should be a, uh, a danger to the general public. All right. All right. Time for the defense here. Time All right. You defense. made a good argument there. I don't know. I, already, I already feel like I'm losing here. <laughs> so fr- from a defense point of view, we want to start off with the two reasons that uh, bail I- exists. So the, first off, I've, we've said it a million times on this podcast, and I'm sure our podcast listeners understand this now, but I don't think the general public always does. Bail is not punitive. We, got, we can only repeat that so many times. Bail is not punitive. The point of bail is to ensure that somebody shows up for their court date. Right. Until they go through the, entire, the court system, until a judge or a jury has decided, this person is innocent until proven guilty. And all we're trying to do is ensure that they show up for this next court date. And on a second level, that they are not a danger to society while they are awaiting their court date. So our question is, is Ms. Raposa actually a danger to society at large? And I would definitely argue that for, you know, the random person walking down, she's not out on the streets committing crimes, creating wanton danger or violence. This was something that happened in her home. It was obviously a grave, grave mistake. But it's probably someone who's dealing with some addiction issues. I believe she said that she had relapsed about a month ago. So it sounds like this is something she's been fighting and battling with. And she made a mistake here. And obviously, it's an egregious, terrible mistake. But is she actually a danger to the other people in her community around her? 
uh, for some, for you know, something that happened inside of her own household, and she has not been accused of any crime in this case that involves anyone outside of her own uh, domestic residence. Uh, and so on a second level, also should a taxpayers be paying for the, her Roman board for months if she's not a flight risk? She's a New Bedford resident. Uh, I don't think anyone's really argued that she's going to go on the lam or on the run. She has a child she's likely fighting to get back and cares very much about. So she's not a flight risk. She's not guilty yet. She hasn't, isn't really a danger to all of society. And there are also conditions, and we want there to be conditions. Uh, she is, will be subject to random drug testing. She'll under, be able to undergo treatment uh, while she's, if she's released on bail or personal recognizance. And that's really probably what she needs more than anything, more than incarceration or anything at this point, uh, to try to get her life back on track. So those are my arguments there. I guess that uh, you know, she's, I don't feel she's completely a danger to the society at large. Uh, it would certainly save the taxpayer a lot of money to have her out and working and providing for herself during this time. And again, she's not, she's not guilty yet. Uh, and, and we have you know, some uh, stipulations in place that will hopefully help her get some help and improve herself during this time while she's awaiting her court case. And I would add, uh, from the prosecution's point of view, that uh, a crime against an individual is also a crime against society. Uh, when the court deals with a case, it deals with the individual case, but the court also sends out a message to the, uh, uh, to the larger community that uh, this is going to be, this is how this case is going to be handled. It also wasn't anyone who set out to do any ill will to anyone else either. It wasn't someone who set out to purposely to cause harm to anybody. Um, obviously, you know, it's like I said earlier, grave mistake, um, and certainly someone. We, there should be lots of thought and discussion and consideration as to whether she, she's fit to be watching children alone. Uh, but is she a danger? To the rest of her community around her, is she going to go out and commit crimes? I don't know if anything here says that she will. Okay. Yeah, so, that was, so now we should get into what the judge actually decided, uh, <laughs> now that he has not heard our arguments for it. So, uh, so this was Judge Thomas F. McGuire. And what's interesting about this case, we've talked about some other cases where um, dangerousness hearing decisions changed later, but usually there was another event in the middle. There was another precipitating event. This one is just two different judges basically looking at the exact same case and coming to different conclusions because uh, Judge McGuire Jr. Uh, has released her on personal recognizance. They're absolutely right. Uh, he, he, he did set conditions. Uh, the uh, conditions are that uh, Ms. Reposer shall abstain from illegal drugs, be subject to random testing, and undergo uh, drug t- treatment as directed by the probation department. And so uh, now she's, uh, she is out on personal recognizance is. and is awaiting her next court hearing. Do we know when that is? Um, I think we had it in the story. I'm not. I was looking for a date here. I know uh, the decision was made October 2nd mm-hmm. uh, to release her on personal recognizance. But, uh, well, I, I don't think we know it immediately. But anyway, so that, that is the conclusion there. We, we kind of made each of our arguments. And, yes, uh, we did. You know, that's kind of just us trying to present a way to look at this from there are two sides. 
we always say in journalism, even there's more than two sides to every story, or there's infinite sides to every story. They're but infinite. in a court case, there's usually two two sides. At least two. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's just a way to kind of look at it through uh, a couple different lenses. Yes. Well, thanks for being here, Kurt. Thanks for having me, Brendan. And, and here's my spiel at the end. You can always read Kurt's work in the Standard Times and on SouthCoastToday.com. You can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. If you enjoy it, please subscribe. Give us a nice rating. Uh, if you hate it, uh, don't give us a bad rating, please. And, and uh, we've tried to do something a little different uh, on this podcast. Uh, if you wanted to make a comment... Uh, Tell us whether you want to go back to what we've done in the past or tell us your feelings about these, and we'll try to respond to what your uh, comments are. Yeah, this will be posted on our South Coast Today Facebook page. You can comment there. You can also tweet at either of us. It's at Kurt Brown underscore SCT or at Brendan Curie, B-R-E-N-D-A-N-K-U-R-I-E-S-C-T. So at Brendan Curie SCT. Uh, so yeah, tweeted either one of us, and uh, you know we're looking forward to hearing what what you have to say, and uh, you know if this is maybe a little bit more of an accessible format to try to kind of break mm. down some of these more complex issues. This is a very emotional case, and uh, we do not condone uh, what is apparently her uh, her neglect, uh, but we are just trying to give you a better understanding of the facts and and the law. All right. Well, until next time. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks, Brendan.